It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Allison. Man, did I overmodulate right there or what? Well, who cares? How are you, homie? I'm doing great. How are you? I am great. It is, uh, it's one of these, it's middle of February, February, February 15th. February. February 15th. Mm-hmm. And it's one of these days where I was in the parking lot of um, Planet Packy <laughs> and opening the car door. And of course, the back car door, yesterday, the back sliding door of the burnt orange minivan. Wouldn't it was glued Too shut frozen. because it was frozen, and I was like pulling on it, pulling on it, pulling on it, and it wouldn't budge. Not really. This is perfect. <laughs> this is exactly where I wanted to be at forty and nine years old. Struggling with a stuck burnt orange minivan door. <clears throat> right, and then I get in, and you then know I- what I've noticed though is that I couldn't get it open the other day when you sent me on a packy run at night, yeah. and uh, then I you have went- to call it a packy run, Alice. We're trying to cover up here. <laughs> We're in denial, okay? You sent me on a we're packy run. We're in denial run. stage, and we're going to stay here for a little while. <laughs> you sent me on a packy run while calling me names, and... Um, no way. What night was this? Uh, when our friends were here. Oh, was this last week or two two weeks yeah, ago? La- a week and a half ago. A week yeah. and a half ago. Oh, that was, uh, oh, that was a tough weekend. <laughs> yeah, and you were calling me a half... <sighs> Whatever, packier. Yes. Uh, oh, you were a half-ass packier, yeah. No, I wasn't. I was perfect, as usual. And Was that the Sunday show? That's when I corrupted everybody to stay over, right? Yes. If you guys have heard that Sunday show, that's one more time than I have. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> um, so anyway, so long story short, the door was stuck, and I couldn't get it open before I left because I tried to set my purse there. But then... Um, on the way back, uh, when I got to the store, I had gone over enough potholes yeah, and the to, door was sort of loosened by the right. time I got to the vacuum that I could, in fact, open it once I got to the store. Yes, so, we have added bonus of yeah, living in Massachusetts. We have pothole and- privilege up here. So <laughs> if you're from another state, you don't get to have that. I'm sorry for you. Also, Alice Shattuck sticks it to me. I mentioned in passing uh, two ladies in the last 20 years 
who may have had a crush on me, even whilst married, may have been attracted to me and- Stop. What? I'm not going to name them. They're not people that we ever see anymore, but, 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 and I said, else, I said, Uh looking for a compliment, you know, (laughs) because I felt, because I'm wearing this new hoodie, if you guys don't see, you're probably wondering why I look so fly, because of my new hoodie. And I I said, why do you think they liked me? And I said, because they weren't hot. (laughs) What a dink. Wow. (laughs) All right. So uh, there's a couple things to to talk about here. Um, One, uh, Trudeau, apparently, this is so interesting. All these provinces are falling and capitulating. And Trudeau is is being left increasingly alone absolutely right this is a time for responsible leadership not crass partisanship the situation requires additional tools not held by other federal provincial or territorial law it's what responsible leadership requires these measures must be and will be compliant with the canadian charter of rights and freedoms we will always defend the rights of Canadians to peaceful assembly and to freedom of expression, but these blockades need to end, and unfortunately, <laughs> conservative politicians continue to encourage the leaders of these Oh, blockades. that's beautiful. It ain't their fault, uh, my friend, floppy pans. It ain't, it's, it's not their fault. This is your fault that you're in this position right now, using the Emergencies Act, which is, if you read the definition, and you can do that in my Substack. it is for, uh, it is for... Like Essential. when there's a war. Yes. No, absolutely. <laughs> and if this guy's taking heat and that the premiers of these provinces are capitulating and saying, you know what, we don't we don't have a problem anymore to the truckers is fantastic. Fantastic. I love it. Well, leader of the opposition. Well, let's get down to the basics of what this is really about. This is about the Prime Minister's ideological attachment to keeping COVID restrictions and mandates. 63% of Canadians want the restrictions. This is the lady with a guy's name, right? The opposition leader in Canadian Parliament. She's got a guy's name. Um... uh, uh, I don't know that Parliament. many Canadian politicians. Also, Canada. didn't like the mayor of Ottawa and the police chief both quit? Position. Oh, I don't know. I know the police chief did. Did the, did the other I one? I thought the mayor did too, but maybe I'm Who's wrong. the opposition? Who's leaders in Canada? Uh, Candace Bergen. Right. Okay. That's her name. I'm pretty sure that's her name. That's right. She's got a famous name. Candace Bergen. Mandates to end. Conservatives presented a motion yesterday asking simply for a plan, but the Prime Minister is in denial and is ignoring the science. He might as well be back at the cottage because he's doing nothing productive or constructive like to help this situation. Can the Prime Minister tell Canadians when he will end the divisive, outdated, and unscientific mandate and restrictions? Here, here. The right Honourable Prime Minister. Like I said, this is a time for responsible leadership to end these blocks. Oh, that caught weasel, it's beautiful. The Conservatives continue to play partisan games. Uh, the Conservative member of Provence just yesterday... I'm sorry, I'm going to have to cut off the uh, Prime Minister just for a second. And just, I mean, heckling is usually throwing one comment out. Clever, hopefully, <laughs> although not always necessary. <laughs> But what I'm hearing is someone bullying and trying to drown someone out. That's not heckling. I just want everyone to take a deep breath. And I'll let the Prime Minister start from the top, please. 
Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Unfortunately, we see that even in a moment of extremely challenging times, when uh, people are moving forward with responsible leadership and responsible tools, the Conservatives can't help themselves but play class, class political games and divide. Ah, oh, it's so good to see. It is so good to see. Bludgeon this guy up there. Give him every bit of grief that you possibly can. I am all for it. I love it. I am all for it. So um, Doug Ford, who, by the way, is this not a time that we really need Rob Ford? I know. Yeah, that would have uh, been interesting for sure. Oh, my good. But Doug Ford is the PM you know, you, you of Ontario. To, you can go to Costco. You can go to Walmart. You can go shopping. You know, you don't know if the person has a shot beside you or not. But we also know that it doesn't matter if you have one shot or ten shots. You can catch COVID. See, the Prime Minister has triple shots, and I, I know hundreds of people with three shots that caught COVID. We just have to be careful. We've got to always make sure we wash our hands and, and move forward. But, Colin, we can't stay in this position forever. We've got to learn to live with this and get on with our lives. I bet if I asked every single person in this room, do you want these damn masks or do you want them off? They want them off. They want to get back to normal. They want to be able to go for dinner with their families. And there's every single person, including myself, knows people that are unvaccinated. You know, sure, there's there's the rebel rousers. And then there's just hardworking people that just don't believe in it. And, and that's Did Ford just say he's unvaccinated? Uh, I don't know. He's a big guy. Alice is being harassed, if you can't see already. Cyril, can you possibly play elsewhere? Should we, should we call the kids, Alice? I'm trying to chat them Hold on, on Messenger here we go. right now. Here we go. You guys right listen now. to Ford for a second. I will shout you out. But, Colin, we can't stay in this position forever. we got to learn to live with this and get on with our lives. I bet if I asked every single person in this room, do you want these damn masks or do you want them off? They want them off. They want to get back to normal. They want to be able to go for dinner with their families. And there's every single person, including myself, knows people that are unvaccinated. You know, sure, there's, there's the rebel rousers. And then there's just hardworking right. people that just don't believe in it. And, and that's their choice. This is about, again, a democracy and freedoms and liberties. And I, I hate, as a government, telling anyone what to do. We just got to get moving forward and, and get out of this and protect the jobs. You know, we're, I think a lot of people call them, probably yourself too, everyone's done with us. Like, we are done with it. Let's, let's start moving on and cautiously and... You know, we, we've, we've followed the rules, all of us, like 90% of us, for, for over two years. The world's done with it. So let's just move forward. Here, here, Doug Ford is exactly right. All yeah, right. Yeah. He guy makes a total great point. He's running. Cyril, can you go? Can you leave now, please? Okay, okay you're going to be in trouble if you don't. Which means nothing yummy for you. If you want something yummy, then you bolt. Stop touching me. Please. Don't touch mommy. We're doing something right now. Okay? Don't. Okay. So, uh, it's so, <clears throat> so another thing that, that, and I won't pretend that it's my own idea, but another thing that should be mentioned is, I mean, well, somebody mentioned this on, on the air today with me. With this, with this, with all of these new dictates you know, that we that we played yesterday with seizing money etc seizing bank accounts etc are you not able to concentrate because no. of the kids do you want to go down and get them i mean i don't see what else we can do you want me to go down do you want to talk um no i'll go down one moment please okay just... okay I'll, I'll just... 
at some point, all of this stuff is going to it's going to shift people permanently. Not only is it going to radicalize people and make people never trust their government again, because they've seen <clears throat> the government, which is supposed to have some kind of bedside manner, they've seen the government um, bare its teeth in a way that <clears throat> you would only usually in an adversary, in, a, in, a, in, in conflict. But they're vilifying their own countrymen. <clears throat> Trudeau is a damn bully. And to bully people and push people around and to castigate people as being racist and this and that, holy hell, you're going to ruin. Some people will believe that. People will lose jobs and opportunities. Family members will lose jobs and opportunities. And you're going to try to destroy them, destroy their wealth, destroy their opportunities so forever they can never, they've always got a scarlet letter, they can never have um, you know robust employment ever again. Because they dared to have a belief? I mean, that's absolutely nuts. That is absolutely nuts. And it's maddening, especially from a guy, just some rich kid, this effete, progressive dandy. It's even more angry coming from him. If it came from that guy, Ford, the big fat guy, who I understand has come around a little bit, uh, it seems like that he's been around a little bit. <clears throat> but to have this dandy tell you, dictate to you, you know, I, what how what you're supposed to believe what you're supposed to do this is an attempt this is i'm sorry a lot of this is the attempt to emasculate a certain uh group of laborers in front of people that's what it is by government to show you we're going to break you in front of everybody and you're going to take it and you'll be in compliance and that's why trudeau brought it to 11 turned it up to 11 when it was not necessary because there was going to be zero capitulation on his part because he considers it, he considers himself, he's in love with himself. He's a true narcissist. He believes that he's the most important, most right person on the face of the earth. He can't see how um, that how anybody, anybody else can have any authorship of his worldview because he only wants to see his reflection. He doesn't want to see anybody else's input. He doesn't want to open the dialogue at all to anybody, certainly not opposition. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to dilute you know, the high that he gets from just seeing himself. He's navel-gazing. And it's 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 weird. The guy, is you can tell that he's watching himself. When he's on camera, he's watching himself. He is so egotistical. And that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. That's the same thing with him dressing in blackface. He thinks that he doesn't see somebody in blackface when he's in blackface. He's Justin Trudeau in blackface. It's not bad blackface. Who wouldn't want Justin Trudeau to be in blackface? He's the exceptional guy in the room. He's always been treated like that. Kind of Obama had the same thing, where Obama was treated, the, the, you know, uh, charmed every room. It was, is this him again? I don't know who it is. Oh, Alice is rightfully ticked off. It can't be him again. Not possible. So, <clears throat> among other things that this is going to mean to me, Alice, and, uh, mm -hmm. let me know when your reactor core has cooled because I know you're pissed off right now. <laughs> Not. <laughs> There's Chernobyl is happening over here, yeah. but okay. <sighs> so, so another thing that is going to happen, I had a caller say, I think I may have told you, 
Um, and by the way, this is on my Substack, guys. Feel free to follow my Substack. It's un underwhelming. If I can manage it two hours a week, I'll try. Maybe maybe I'll get up to three. Today I did it all in the commercials during my radio show. Maybe I, if I can do that every day. Of course, that leaves me <clears throat> on my heels once I get back into the show, of course. But, you know. But uh, one, one person said, since they're taking all the bank money, why wouldn't there be a run on banks? Why wouldn't they go to everybody and say, listen, take all your money out of the banks right now. Take it all right now. Mm -hmm. And to me, that seems like a great idea. Of course, I'm sure that Trudeau is ready for that. I'm sure that they, there, there are things that they'll do. They'll close the banks like they do when there's a run on banks during a depression or a crash. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing is, is if this isn't normalizing and mainstreaming um, cryptocurrency, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, crypto, but I mean, like, I think the the thing about the run on banks thing, right, is that so much stuff, like, you need to go to real banks and financial institutions, right? I mean, like, well, not it, if you get well. I mean, I mean, you can live day to day. I mean, they're they're it trying. Depends, to, it depends yeah, but, how you get paid and stuff. But like, so one of the impacts of the pandemic was obviously more small mom and pop type businesses going out of business, and the big guys like Amazon and big box stores and stuff it, taking advantage of it and doing better than ever. Right, that was one of the effects of the ways in which things were shut down, and. Uh, a lot of those companies, those big guys nowadays, don't pay cash. <clears throat> they pay like direct deposit or prepaid debit card that they give you, or yeah, like the they have like three options, and none of them can be turned into cash without a bank. Like you know, well, well right, but that's why why not run the bank? But the point is, like, you, I mean, like, yeah, you can live right now, but in the longer term, like, if your government's going to treat you that way, where financial institutions won't patronize you, they can ruin your lives because so much of our lives are dependent on these institutions now. Right. What I'm saying is, why not do a run on the bank right now? If you're a trucker, why aren't you going to First Canada Bank right now and emptying your account? Or, or you know a trucker, or if you, if you don't even know a trucker, if you consider it conservative. Why not just do it right now so that you have enough money to go buy food the old-fashioned way? Because what they're trying to do is this is a military siege of mm -hmm. the truckers and pro-trucker people. They're trying to starve them out of their uh, in, in encampment and having them yeah. surrender. It's like by calling it an occupation enough times and treating it like one, they're going to actually get themselves an actual military venture here. Because if you take people who are peacefully protesting and you keep pushing on them, you eventually end up with something that's not peaceful protesting. Well, right. Because if you make it so that people can't, like, live. Well, right. But that's what they're trying to do. So once again, mm -hmm. why not run on banks? I mean... I guess. If it was here, would you? I don't know. I mean, I guess so. But then, like, I'd have to change my bank. Like, I'd have to change how I get money for next week, you know? Like, uh, right, like I, there's not that much money in my bank account no, right I now. That. I, get that. <laughs> I get that. I mean, I guess I guess I meant if you were more. If they shut my account, I'd have bigger problems because I need money next week and I need money the week after that. Yes. And then I need to use it to pay my mortgage, which is not a bank that has physical locations. So there's not a way to pay it. Like, 
I don't, you know, we we all depend on having our lives be able to access banks right. and digital financial services. Once again, isn't that stuff. the reason why this is going to juice crypto? Yes, I think so. I think so. But, you know, it's still, a lot of people still don't know how to use or deal with crypto because that, you know, a bunch of homework that you have to then do to learn how to use it. It's not like you can take your crypto wallet to the grocery store most places and just buy stuff like normal. It's a little more complicated than that. So, you know, and I think like ultimately that would be great if that's where we end up. But and clearly like the the Canadian government is trying to crack down on crypto as well involved in all this. But I don't even know. There's a lot. I'm seeing more rumors on social media, too, that this protest is at this point in chaos because there are so many people infiltrating it who are trolling and bad actors and not, um, you know, who are against the goals of the protest and who are just, you know, messing with them. I'm not sure even now with Give, Send, Go having the money if they're going to be able, like, I don't know who's going to end up getting that money regardless that people are giving to these things because I don't know if there's like any organization left to this thing at this point. You know, it's, uh, I think it's a little bit in disarray right now. I don't, this isn't, you know, a movement that's like well organized and has good operational security and like where people know who to trust and who's in charge of things and who's running the money. Like it's, it's, it was spontaneous in a lot of ways, but it's not, it's, I think I think they're going to have problems very soon. I think maybe, but then again, there's no solidarity now with the with the provinces with the with the premiers. I don't know. I don't know Canadian politics. I know um, that he's lost all these premiers, and so there's no solid voice. It's just his voice now, as the Fed, as the federal government, saying that they're going to do everything they can to destroy people and steal from people and make them hurt until they bend to their knees and surrender to them. Mm -hmm. And for what is not a an unpeaceful protest, seems pretty crazy to me that this guy has a, fan, a, a chance mm -hmm. to negotiate, but he talked up the nuclear option and strutted and, uh, and preened in front of them after setting forth the nuclear option and still... They're uh, intransigent, intransigent, intransigent. Intransigent? Yes, yes, that's right. Why are you nodding condescendingly? I don't know. You're an intransigent. Uh, so, <clears throat> so um, I just think that this is, so now he's, now he, because he's only a political creature, he's a vacuous human being, mm -hmm. he can't take the political hit of having back down to them. He, Mr. All-Knowing, all the guy who was applauded for knowing so much about science and mathematics when he got in for everybody to say, wow, the guy who would condescend about how dumb Trump was, etc. Mm -hmm. He <clears throat> backs down to these people who have to wash their hands after work? Oh, it is not the right message, class message, that the intelligentsia wants to send. So he can't now... So now he's got to go forward <coughs> and send in the cavalry and fight a bunch of Canadian citizens in trucks. 
Right. And there's some question. I mean, I don't really know anything about Canadian law, <laughs> but there's some question whether this is even legal, this like emergency powers thing that he's trying to do here, because there's not really an emergency. It's not. I mean, they're not like blocking ambulances or something. Like, I mean, they're not really doing anything. And they, I guess what I was reading is he also is supposed to not have any other way to resolve the problem. Right. So, like, I mean, you could start issuing parking fines and start having things towed just under traffic laws. You know what I mean? Like, right. you don't, because they are breaking laws. They're not, you know, their trucks aren't supposed to be there. But, I mean, you could do stuff under those laws if you want to get rid of them. You don't have to immediately go to, like, seize their bank accounts. Like, that's not necessarily what the law is intended for. It's supposed to be for, like, you know, if the homeland is under attack and there's, like, terrorists killing people or something. It's not really designed for, like, truckers peacefully going onto the city streets. Right. And now this new video has come out that shows... <clears throat> him um, in 2013 praising the Chinese. This is from a news uh, a news uh, rap then. Be watching for any slip. He was asked which country he most admired and referred to China. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say we need to go green as fast as we need to start, you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted. Uh, that I find quite interesting. So there you go, <clears throat> uh, which is you know, which is a powerful piece of video right now. Of course, do Canadians have dimes? Uh, I am not sure. I mean, I think they have. 10 cent coins but do I don't they? know if they're called dimes um, is, uh, <clears throat> I mean they my great have... aunt used to give me and Jimmy birthday money it was always Canadian we had to, we'd have to get it uh, in Canada a dime is a coin worth 10 cents oh yeah. so but wait a second okay uh, it, turn on a dime we gotta find out the der derivation of this because I assumed I would always assumed it meant turning on a narrow circumference of the American coin you know okay uh, I mean, a Canadian dime is also small. Used to refer to a maneuver that can be performed by moving a vehicle or person within a small area or short distance. Boats that can turn on a dime. Right, because dimes are the little. How do you coin. know how small the Canadian dime is? Because I was just looking at it on Wikipedia. This In real minute. size? Um, well, proportional to the other coins. To the American dime? I'm looking at it proportional to the other Canadian coins, and it's the smallest one. Why is it the smallest one? Officially, they are each named according to their value because they copy us all the time, the Canadians. But in practice, uh, the fifty cent only the fifty cent piece is known by that name. The three smallest coins are known by the traditional names nickel, dime, and quarter, and the one dollar and two dollar coins are called the loony and the toonie. The toonie? I don't think they had that when I was growing up. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So I love this. I love this thing that's happening in Canada with the Trudeau thing. I tr I I choose to believe. Even though people that I trust tell me to not like the protest, I choose to throw in with the truckers against Trudeau. I also have no dog in the fight, but I think he's an effete prick, and I think I'd love to see him upset and hurt by this. Well, if it's damaging enough politically, I guess because they're parliamentary, <sighs> can the parliament like 
vote of no confidence and select a new prime minister or something because isn't the prime minister selected like by the parliament or whatever i don't know how that yeah works. i'm sure i'm, well, I'm sure but, i think it's like a, an 18 party coalition like uh like in right um so can i move now to masking yes. in, in an angle that i hadn't hit before that i think is quite interesting okay um listen to the commentary magazine podcast today mm-hmm. and christina rosen christine rosen is one of the commentators. She's a great writer. She's just a really smart person. She lives in Washington, D.C., where still now they're unmasking everywhere, but not the schools. Mira Bowser is saying, nope, schools, we're going to, well, can't risk <laughs> of it. Of course. Of course. The lowest risk <laughs> people have to mask the most, because why not? Of course. So she has two boys. They're like 15 and 16. So they're, you know, second year, third year in high school. And she made the point, and I think this is interesting. As a mother, she made the point that her boys can't see how attractive the girls are. Mm-hmm. And those are formative years. You become like a weird, awkward tween until you become like handsome people and beautiful people. The girls before mm-hmm. boys, because boys stand like that. But girls generally, <laughs> if you look at a a, 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 uh, a senior prom with all 18 and over girls, mm-hmm. you look at them, you say, those girls look like women, the guys look like boys. You agree? Right. Right. But that is an interesting thing. Imagine that. But that being said, that presumes that the kids aren't seeing each other unmasked everywhere else. Maybe they are somewhere. Who knows how psychotic their parents are? Who knows how much they're letting these kids. These are these are kids in these schools whose parents are D.C. Democrat, well-to-do elite progressives. So who knows how much they're seeing? I'm sure they see each other on screens, etc. But that's a huge thing. To I'm see. sure they see each other without masks on. If only at the woods <clears throat> parties wow. that pro, they go pro to. Pro-masking, Alice. I'm not pro-masking. Wow. wow. I'm not pro-masking. Wow. I, I mean. <clears throat> well, you know what? Maybe the girls that have crushes on her sons aren't hot. Right? Alice? They're probably not. They're probably not. Jeez. What do you I mean, I'm just like, saying. Because like they weren't hot. I mean, I'm sorry. I, you're... No, Alice, I think that's something. I think that's something to talk about. I just think that's another thing. Girls like looking good, right? And I guess Being so. And wearing makeup and becoming women in high school. I know that they're young and all that stuff. But there's another thing with the masking. Mm-hmm. It's like another thing. It's like... Well, no, it absolutely it deprives kids <clears throat> of all kinds of formative social experiences. There's no, there's no possible way you can argue against that. You know, the, obviously it's bad for kids. And it, the only thing you can argue is we don't know how bad or, you know, to what extent or we don't have proof. Which I would say at this point we kind of do have proof because we can see what's going on with kids psychologically and it's not good. <coughs> But, you know, I think people on the left would say that that's because they're stressed because they could die of COVID or something, right? That that's, like, why there are psychological problems with young people. But um, I think that that it's clear at this point there's a negative effect. The only question is how much, right? So, you know, I... I'm sick of talking about masks. I can't believe yeah, I, I can't believe people still want their kids in masks. That's it. There is one mask worth people... wearing, Alice. What mask is worth wearing? That is the child torturing Democrats mask available at the Burn Barrel Podge, uh, Podcast uh, merch store. Please feel free to get it. 
Hey, let me just play something for you that I played today for the Connecticut audience. Just to show you, and this is Bob Duff. So he's he's the president of the Senate, and he is the Senate Majority Leader. He's from near Darien, so that's mm-hmm. near New York. This is a bedroom communities for New Yorkers. If feet super progressive, whatever. Listen to what what he says <clears throat> about the voters. Not just voters, the public. Listen to this. About two months later, I recall the politics started creeping into the debate with the public saying COVID was just the flu, just a cold, and we should gather to catch it like people gather to catch the chicken pox. So, we- so that, that he, by the way, else, mm-hmm. he was not even saying conservatives in the state. He's saying the public. The public as a slur. It reminds me of other debates this chamber has taken up, which has seen a lot of ugliness and personal attacks from the public. Once again, like, holy bleep. You're saying that they can hear you. Right. This is on video. This is a, and he's saying that. But how elitist do you have to be in, in with your elite in crowd to feel that comfortable? Even if they're out there, sir, they're going to hear you say that about the public public are all the voters in this state you're a state <laughs> senator how comfortable in your own elitism do you have to be to say i don't effing care i'm me i'm mm-hmm. elevated i'm of a better and that's totally trudeau it's totally trudeau i actually grabbed a couple of instances of him mentioning of, of duff mentioning the public today and just listen to it with the public saying covid was just the flu we heard from the public and others that the legislature needed more of a say ugliness and personal attacks from the public the tenor, or those of us who disagree from the public, is frankly beneath any adult. Tenor. And again, I'm speaking of the public, not of anyone in this chamber. Heard- yeah, I'm, I'm using a slur in the public. So not don't sweat the- it. Not you guys. I'm not <laughs> saying that you guys are vile. It's the people outside of this building who are vile. Yeah, not my fellow elected representatives. No. We are of a totally different stock and yes. class than those public people out there. Those are not... Totally. But it just shows you, too, like what politicians think their mandate is. They think that they get elected so that they can just do whatever they want because they're special and beautiful and wonderful and that it's their job to protect people from the stupid things that they think they want to do. You know? They view that as their... You know, their mission is to yeah. save our <clears throat> stupid plebes from ourselves. <clears throat> and I think that for a lot of these people, let me just see, he's got one more comment. Heard a lot from parents who feel strongly, one way or another, but spoke publicly or privately in the most rude and inflammatory manner. Talking to parents. Mm-hmm. And he said later on, wanted to say, um, let me say, to tell you how he finished this. Alice, Mm -hmm. and I want you to tell me as a parent who this guy's, while he's saying this, by the way, he's saying this unmasked in front of a bunch of uh, old legislators legislators Mm -hmm. who all have a better chance of dying even though they're wearing masks than any kid in any school. Right, of course. Right. But listen to how he finishes. Imagine he's, your kid is masked and has, isn't taking it well and whatever. Imagine ending like this. You've heard a lot from parents who feel strongly one way or another but spoke publicly or privately in the most rude and inflammatory manner. We are better than that. Let's model good behavior for our children. 
<laughs> Can you imagine that? Let's think about the children. Yeah, let's try and act like adults, guys. In front of the children. Mr. Obstruct the breathing of the kids for eight hours a day. Want you to consider the kids, guys. Mm-hmm. Talk about a guy who needs a freaking. Well, that's like you see that a lot. Like when Bethany Mandel <clears throat> complains about masking on Twitter, or any other parent who, you know, has something to say about masking kids or whatever, you get immediately a flood of comments of people saying kids don't mind masks, they love masks. And if they don't love them, it's because their parents aren't modeling good behavior for the kids. You know? The kids don't have a problem with masks. It's always the parents that have a problem, and they're teaching their kids to have a problem. You should teach your kids to care about other people, and then they won't mind masks. Like It's all comments like that, all the way down from these people. But, they're psychos. They think that this is like... So I, can I ask you something, then? Mm-hmm. The person that you're using, that voice right there, that person is the same person that you're going to hear from here, who's a mom, <laughs> oh, no, who's a mom who is, was talked to outside of a school. I've spoken to my daughters, and they are still going to wear their masks out of their choice. So tell me something. Yeah. And I would say, as people have noticed in the first seven minutes of the show, perhaps we are not ideal parents, considering we, <laughs> considering we uh, Justin Trudeau'd our trucker child out of this room using every trick we had in the book. My emergency powers yeah. <laughs> were definitely right. used today. That's true. But tell me this. How the hell could a mother be a good mother in any facet if the biggest issue for two straight years that directly directly affects their child's learning mental health, well-being, and breathing, mm-hmm. they know nothing about. If they know nothing about that, how the freak would they know about anything else? Or is everything a religious faith Right, they're preference? running everything through the filter of what do my ideological convictions tell me to do in this situation. It's not based on what's safe or not safe or whatever. Or good or not good. It's on the basis of... And, I mean, even saying ideological convictions might be too strong a way to say it. I don't think that it is necessarily, like... I mean, I don't think it's as conscious as saying, I don't like Trump, and he said, we don't have to wear masks, so I'm, you know, now going to wear a mask until the end of the world, right? It's, It's even... It's even simpler than that. It's because Trump is day class A. Liking Trump is day class A. Being the type of people who don't care about wearing masks is day class A. Just like going to Black Lives Matter protests was cool. Wearing a mask but hold on, even hold on, once even the that, mandate uh, hold on. is gone. Let's, 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 let's walk back what you just said. That's like being the but same let's, type let's, of person that recycles. Let's walk back recycles. what you just said. Okay. You just said Trump is day class A. Right. Biden is also day class A. But liking Biden is not day class A. But had Trump come out as a Democrat in 2016, had there been no Hillary, <laughs> and he beat the hell out of uh, whoever, Rick Santorum or whatever, whoever mm-hmm. got the, Chris Christie, whatever, he would not be considered day class A right now. No, of course not. So, but that's the thing, is that like- So where is, people, at what point do moms are- and yoga pants 
no, get the email of who's day class A and who's not. What is that? No, seriously, what is that? When does that happen precisely? But it's all, it's all a sham because things that are, you know, what's in for the in crowd is usually something that's chosen by people. Right. You know well, what I mean? What's the chosen like, point that they all just say, oh, yeah, okay. Remember I told you that one time years ago I went to... I went to a uh, fat camp in the morning and we talked about Mitt Romney and all the ladies who were all Democrats said, immediately said, uh, or Scott Brown, whatever. And they all said, what war on women? Because he's doing a war on women. That's why I was like, we, uh, overnight, yesterday, you guys didn't even, we said the same conference. Now you all have this war. Was it war the binders women. full of women? Was it that? Well, that no, thing? I'm not sure. But, but, but like, what, what is, who is the person? Who is the, I don't know what to call this person. Who is the person who... Uh, who makes stuff kosher in Jewish religion? I don't know, rabbis? I... Who's the person who decides what's kosher and what's gross for progressives in towns? Well, it's a, it's a little bit of everything. Hollywood is involved with yes. it. Um, certainly, like, cable news is involved with it. You know, the, there's the actual politicians, but there's also like tastemakers, and this is primarily yes, a taste that's tastemakers for taste suburban moms, right? Right. So it's like people are people didn't just like wake up one day and decide this whole trans thing. I am Jazz was on TV. Laver and Cox became like hugely famous from Orange is the New Black. Time Magazine ran her as a cover star with the transgender tipping point on the cover. Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner and turned into this whole thing and got his own TV show and ran like has been un un unpersoned <clears throat> by running for governor as a Republican. But, right, but people don't really take. Caitlyn Jenner's political aspirations very seriously, and they didn't really stand a chance of winning in California, so that was considered an unserious threat, it, which is like kind of how they saw Trump. Remember, there were think pieces about how Trump wouldn't be that bad early he on, was on in SNL, Trump's campaign, and they all right. laughed, and he was it was fine because he wasn't a threat. <clears throat> see, so they were fine with that then, and they they would treat. Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner like that right up until the point where it was looking like he or she would actually win anything. And then that would become an actual problem. How but, much of who, how much of who is decided to be but it greenlit was on, has to do with the actual person or issue and how much has to do with who is up, opposed to the person and issue? I mean, there's a little bit of both. Certainly, the masks largely became a thing because of who was opposed to the masks, right? Because Trump initially was pro-mask, and Fauci was saying, no, we don't need masks. Save them for the health healthcare workers, right? right? And <laughs> so, you know, if, if that had... Sw and, and I mean, the left was saying, don't take the pandemic seriously. It's racist to take the pandemic seriously. Initially, mm -hmm. that was the story i mean like the leftists in these same well, right. facebook you've, groups you've that heard. we quote from all the time were on facebook saying guys this is not a serious threat well and Please you've heard msnbc and, and cnn mm -hmm. regularly use in the first month or so china flu chinese flu china flu chinese Wuhan flu. flu Wuhan right. flu. exactly right. exactly and now we're told from these same people that jen Psaki said today that this asian hate crime is because a vilifying of the flu in the early days of mm -hmm. the virus yeah and that's just a Trump thing, even though... Right. There's also Chinese propagandists on Twitter saying that the reason why um, 
Asian people get killed in the United States is because uh, people say negative things about China's treatment of Uyghurs as though like the mentally ill homeless person who like pushed an Asian woman in front of a train in New York or like went to someone's apartment and killed her because they're literally a mentally ill homeless person with multiple priors who like kept getting released on bail even though they were violent and like completely screwed up like that somehow that person had been hearing about Uyghur genocide and was like you know I'm gonna find this random Asian girl and kill her like as though that was like a thought that was in that person's head it's completely but that's like that's literally what Chinese paid trolls are saying on Twitter now is like that it's because of criticisms against China that this is happening so when Democrats do that, they're 100% parroting Chinese propaganda. That's what they're doing and saying. But I don't know. Like, I think this is such an important point because I think, like, it goes it goes back to... And I think about this a lot because I think about how how people are so unoriginal, but everyone thinks they're original. Do you know what I mean? And it's like all trends are like that. You know, people always think like, I've come to these very independent conclusions. I looked at all the data and I made my decision. But like, really, everything is chosen for you by other people. Like even, I don't know, I've worked in the apparel industry and it's always like Pantone comes out with the colors of the year, right? Like, these companies choose what colors are going to be popular. And part of it's like organic and driven by trends, but they choose what colors are going to be popular. And then the brands see that and they make stuff based on those colors and come up with ideas because of those colors. And then it filters down through high fashion world and goes other places. Like the editors of the magazines are picking clothing styles. Like why is it skinny jeans at one point in time and then, you know, culottes another year and then flares another year. Like, it's, it, this stuff is chosen by people and everybody just, like, thinks they organically decided to, like, skinny jeans all of a sudden, like, in the mid-2000s. It didn't, it didn't just come out of nowhere. You know, people, like, people are following trends that other people are doing and this stuff all works the same way. You know, being... Be, going to the women's rights marches was cool. Doing the Black Lives Matter stuff was cool. You know, transing your kid is cool. Like, all that stuff. You know, getting to go around and say your kid is non-binary in those types of circles is definitely cool. And gets you, like, cash because it shows you're super accepting and, like, exactly right. what type of person you are. It's, like, completely... It's completely on trend. Like, all these kids didn't just wake up and decide to be trans. It's stuff that's happening in the culture. And of course, it impacts people. Of course, it does. D d things as complicated as this are, are, are things that come from outside of you. You know, it's that so much of that is like cultural and in the zeitgeist. And you're not really like, you didn't originally come up with this, all these ideas on your own. You're in like, Amelia and in a world and and that's like your reality so that's that's why you think you make the decision but you're not really you know you're in like a universe that's deciding things for you so that, what are the chances that this podcast is called uh blessed are the tastemakers <laughs> okay it is interesting I thought though, it was that gonna point. be something about loonies and toonies oh oh yeah you, uh, it is interesting how that flashpoint makes the decision. And that's all that matters, the flashpoint. Well, it is but interesting. Really, but isn't it really about 
what's in your heart in that there's really for most people it's not intellectual curiosity mm-hmm. and and I try to make it more that these days than ever. But as a young man, I never did. I just said, okay, give me the reason to hate them. Give me, ah, you know, I was, yeah, especially because I was a conservative in Massachusetts and I was like always at war. So it's like, I was like, uh, you know, uh, uh, who's the guy with Excalibur? The knight with Excalibur? No? That King Arthur? Oh, was that his? I think so. Oh, okay. Lancelot in... Okay. Um, in Monty Python's Holy Grail. I was always like, I would stab everybody at the wedding because I was always used to be at the war. <laughs> but, uh, but now, it's no, not necessarily so. But now you you see, and that's why Twitter is, of course, just, you know, poison. All Also awesome. Um, because people, like, miss people. You can actually throw a question out there. If I went out there and I said, like, um, like Ronald Reagan was a handsome president. Um, you know, a thousand people would sit around saying, "Wait a second, all right, fuck, you know, I'm gonna find a way." Okay, uh, hold on. Uh, now do Trump, <laughs> or like, oh yeah, but I'm sorry that they'd find a, a Reagan wearing a brown pant- suit and say, "Oh yeah, I guess you didn't mind when he wore this suit done like Obama that you obsessed about him wearing a tan suit for four years." Racist. Right. It's like sometimes you can just say something and. It's just a thing to be said. Doesn't necessarily always, but somebody who does that is not sport fishing. They're filling a void, right? Because they're angry and they want to call somebody mean things, and hopefully, they hope hopefully hurt their feelings. Well, and also, social media rewards that type of engagement. <clears throat> I don't right? like to, I, and I, I hear this talk. I don't like it. I don't like people saying social media rewards bad behavior. The worst in us is that like. Oh, shut up. We're a-holes. We were a-holes before social media. <laughs> I know. Don't but worry I, about it. But I do think that type of post, I mean, like, the worst people on Twitter have, like, the biggest followings. But, so, I think it's fascinating how these, like, zeitgeists happen, right? Where, like, people are so in the bubble that it really is, like, all about that to them. It's, like, 100% a team sport. And it doesn't matter, like, how much somebody's on your team. If they, like, deviate from one thing, that's it. That It's over, Right. So, and um, I don't know, do you read, did you read Barry Weiss's Substack at all today? Oh, and Levi's? Or yesterday, I guess. The lady from Levi's, no, Jennifer No, I was meant Say. to. So she was like a brand president at Levi's, this woman, Jennifer Say. And uh, she's a big liberal. Mm-hmm. She's an Elizabeth Warren voter. She loved the company of Levi's. Uh, she you know, has advocated for all kinds of, like, causes, like, for children in the gymnastics community because she's, like, a former gymnast mm-hmm. and, like, how they're mistreated and all these She's also done things. some... She's <clears throat> gone to gay pride. Like, yeah, she's, she's done all, some like, uh, some positioning there that... Nice woke positioning that makes, makes people very happy. Yeah, she, like... Anyway, so... But she didn't like the uh, COVID shutting down schools thing. Early on in the pandemic, she writes on Barry Weiss's Substack, I publicly questioned whether the schools had to be shut down. This didn't seem controversial to me. I felt and still do that the draconian policies would cause the most harm to those least at risk and the burden would fall heaviest on disadvantaged kids in public schools who need the safety and routine of school the most. I wrote op-eds, appeared on news shows, attended meetings with the mayor's office, organized rallies, and pleaded on social media to get the schools open. I was condemned for speaking out. 
I was called a racist, a strange accusation given I have two black sons, a eugenicist, and a QAnon conspiracy theorist. Uh, so Levi's asked her to stop speaking. Colleagues posted all kinds of stuff about Trump. She supported Elizabeth <laughs> Warren during the whole 2020 thing. She was part of like the Black Lives Matter stuff. She posted all about that. She was all into it. Um, and she wanted the company to, you know, take a stand on opening the schools. She wanted the company to advocate for opening the schools. She said, you know, we've spoken out on gay rights, voting rights, gun safety. We've done all these well, progressive causes, and I want the disadvantaged children to get to go to school and not get locked out of their school buildings another year. And the company said, we don't weigh in on hyper-local issues like this. <laughs> uh, so she kept doing this stuff, and uh, needless to say, she was eventually asked to uh, leave the company. Great. Congratulations. Uh, and so every day, a dossier of her tweets and all her online interactions were sent to the CEO by the head of corporate communications. At one meeting, the CEO made an offhand <coughs> remark that I was acting like Donald Trump. In the last month, Jesus. the CEO told me it was untenable for me to stay. I was offered a million dollar severance package, there we go. but I knew I'd have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. The money would be very nice, but I can't do it. Uh, uh, <laughs> Odyssey Communications, if you're looking to get rid of me for a cool million dollars, I will clam up immediately, I assure you. You won't say anything about not a problemo. anyone. Correct. So, uh, yeah, so that's what she gets. She doesn't get her million dollars, but she gets to tell us that on Barry Weiss's Substack. So I guess, I don't know if that's a win for her or not. I'm not sure how to... How to frame that, but I would probably take the million dollars, too. I have I'd to frame it a nice piece of merch from the Burn Barrel, which you guys should get and wear, and we'll feature you on our Twitter stream. Now, pretend to be impressed with that. <laughs> well, what happens now if we don't, if nobody sends us pictures of them wearing merch and we don't tweet any pictures of anybody wearing merch? That's a over 50% possibility, else, And <laughs> so we're going to have to uh, fake it. I'll tweet pictures of me wearing merch. Me, you, and our neighbors, and homeless people, whoever we can get <laughs> to, to get the merch. Uh, so you can find that. That's com. There's a little shop link there up on the right. You can find all our merch there. Um, and uh, we're always free at uh, Pod on Twitter. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.